0: Um, so, so today, I, I want to um, I want to talk about uh, Exodus chapter three. We'll look at the first uh, fifteen verses of that chapter. And as a little bit of kind of setting the stage uh, here, a number of years ago, um, I went through kind of a challenging situation at work where I was in, there was an individual that I went to church with who. At that time, I had authority in our church, and so I was needing to be submissive to him in that sense. But in the work environment, this was what made it so challenging. Um, I actually had authority at work, and so we had to switch hats between those two places. And if any of you have ever done that, that's a real challenge of figuring out how to work through that. And, And as I was struggling through some of the challenges that were involved, I had an individual that sort of gave me a little bit of a model for when you're dealing with turmoil, how to steer out of that Um, what he called a whirlpool. And so since that point is kind of when I've been in a place where things have been a little bit challenging, I've kind of went back to those things that allow me to sort of kind of steady the seas and sort of get to a place where um, I can focus back on something of truth. And what I normally do in those times is to focus on either a characteristic or an attribute of God. Because it allows me to kind of put that in the forefront of my mind and sort of put away the turmoil that I'm dealing with. So, the past couple of weeks, um, I've been going through a couple of different situations and I, I was uh, in a place to need to do that again. And so, what I'm going to share here is kind of where my mind's been the last couple of weeks as I've been looking at some characteristics of God. And so, in Exodus chapter three, this is the story where Moses is out in the desert. Uh, he has been. Uh, has been married. He's spent 40 years leading, the, um, taking care of the sheep of his father-in-law. And we find in this chapter, one of the first attributes of God that really comes out is he is very personal in his relationship with us. And in chapter three, the first four verses say this, now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, its father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock on the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush, And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. So here's Moses. He's been wandering in the desert. He spent 40 years doing this, um, probably thinking that God's plan wasn't going to happen. Um, Here I am stuck. I was supposed to lead these people out of Egypt. I'm at a place where nobody really cares anymore. And what he didn't realize is God was at work in his life. He was training him for that next step. He was training him or he was orchestrating the circumstances to bring Moses to a place that he could use him. And I think God does that to us a lot of times. um, It's not an accident that we're placed in certain circumstances. It's not an accident that things happen. Um, Sometimes it's because of sin. Sometimes it's because of errors we made, but oftentimes it's because God is trying to teach us something. He's trying to lead us in a certain direction. And so he's shaping us into an image that more clearly reflects him. And I I think that's one thing we can always remember is he is personal. He's attached to us and he wants us to uh, to reflect him better. And he's really involved in our lives. We find the second attribute then is that God is very particular. And the fifth and sixth verses say, And he said, Draw not nigh thither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he's afraid to look upon God. Um, God's particular here because he's holy. He's not like us. He's separate. He's different. He's unique. Um, and he can't stand to be in the presence of the, of us when we are self-sufficient, when we're self-willed, when we want our own way. And Moses had been through that. He was going to lead the children of Israel out doing his own thing. And God was trying to teach him here that we're going to lead them out, but we're going to do it the way I want it done. And so he was bringing Moses into subjection. And so a thought here is we just need to remember that God is particular. If we want to go into his presence, whether it's in prayer or whether it's doing some sort of work for him, in his service, we have to step out of our comfort zone, out of our self-will, and into his, Um, because God, you know, we don't really have a lot of value to offer to God. I mean, obviously, he wants our soul, but what we have is only going to be done through his enabling. The third thing we find is the Lord is present. Verses 7 and 8, we read, the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by the reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptian and bring them up out of the land into a land of good and large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, and unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come up unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. You know, sometimes maybe it's just to me, but sometimes it seems like maybe God isn't around. He's not there. And yet we see in these verses that it says, you know, I have seen my people, which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry. And the reason for their um, taskmasters and their oppression, and, and he knows their sorrows. And so God's making this a point that he knows exactly what's going on. We're not in it alone. we're We're in it with him. We may not see him. We may not feel him because we're focused on something else, but he's there and he's present. Um, so as long as as the Israelites wanted to stay in Egypt, as long as they sort of loved that lifestyle, they weren't, God wasn't going to work with them. But he was he was still listening. He was still in a place with them, waiting for the time to bring them out. Uh, the fourth item is the Lord is, pur- is purposed. Uh, verse 10, it says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people. God always intended to bring Israel out. He was purposed in that. God intends for his children to go through this life and end up in heaven. He's going to see that it happens. And so I think we can take comfort knowing that his promises are going to be true. They're going, they're not going to fail. They're going to come to pass. Um, so we should go through this world um, maybe looking at what God is asking us to do and not worried about what could happen because we know what God has stated, uh, what he has in store is going to happen. Now, the fifth item is God is patient. Um, verses 11 and 12, uh, Moses says unto God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and I should bring forth the children of Egypt? And he said, certainly I will be with thee and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee that when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God in this mountain. And Moses said unto the Lord, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you and they shall say unto me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? Um, Number one, we can take from this as, as God's patient, and he's not going to change. His, he's, his standards are always going to be the same. But in this case, where Moses was kind of resisting what God was asking to do, God didn't just say, okay, I'm done with you. God said, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to bring you out. And so God, you know, in these cases in our lives, when we maybe resist a little bit events where God has pushed us, I think we can... We can understand that he is patient, he is gentle, he will bring us back. Now, there's going to be harshness or consequences if we just blindly go our own way, but God works with us because he wants us to come to him. He wants us to pray to him. He wants us to ask him for help. Um, he wants us to be led by him. Um, I, this is a, a note that I've always thought when I've thought about the patience of God is, is to remember this, that God doesn't call to qualify. He qualifies the called. Um, So, what he has in store for us, he is willing to work with us and be patient with us. And then the last truth about God in this chapter is in verse 14 and 15, and it's that the Lord is powerful. And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thou, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, have sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. Um, those who God calls, he supplies by giving the provision to succeed. He gives us the power to do what he's asked us to do. And so he's, we never have to worry about him putting us up for something that can't be handled. Now, it may look daunting. It may look overwhelming. But God is powerful. He will see it through. Um, you know, it's, it's really one thing to, to sing the song he, or the hymn. He's got the whole world in his hands. But to actually believe that God's going to handle it sometimes really takes a measure of faith and confidence on our part that he can do that. So, again, I I hope you, you can gain a little bit from this. I know I have over the last couple of weeks, but remembering that God is personal. He's particular. He's present. He's purposed. He's patient. And he is a powerful force in our lives.